Good morning, church. This is the church, right? Make sure I pulled up to the right place. Um, I just want to say something first. You know, Sandy uh, mentioned in the first service, she failed to mention in the second service, that um, she's been coming here enough times and and getting so attached to you all that, that she was considering transferring her membership. So... With the help of Dan, um, I said I would accept the position here contingent upon your transfer of membership. And so I've done my part. You do. (laughs) You can commute. It's it's really good to be here. And um, next week, I'm going to share in detail how God spoke to our family how God spoke to our hearts and made it so vividly clear that God was calling us here to Cala Mesa. And, you know, it, it just, I love when God just kind of blows our concept of him out of the box. And when he takes us in directions we never thought of, when I began to share with people in Escondido, and first off, I need to apologize ahead of time, because as you know, I've been in Escondido for 17 years. And so every once in a while, I hope it doesn't happen, but every once in a while, when I mean Calamesa, I may say Escondido. It's just kind of a habit. Um, but when I began to tell people at Escondido that I, God was calling us uh, to leave Escondido, they said, John, how are you going to live away from the beach? Are you sure God is calling you? That, doesn't, that just doesn't sound like you. You're a beach person. And when, uh, as, as we've moved into the area, we now are here. We've moved. Uh, we, uh, we live right off Cherry Valley Road. I think it's Road or Boulevard. I still don't, I can't get it straight. But uh, we're just there. If you're heading down the 10, you get off at Cherry Valley and you go to your right. We're just in some of that newer development there. And we moved in uh, August 25th. And so we're still trying to get out of the boxes. The garage is still a very scary place to go into. Uh, frightens me when I open the door and just everything is in front of you. Um, but uh, as we moved here and as we go to stores and, and meet people and, you know, checkout lines and they realize we're new to the area, they say, oh, where are you from? And so we just moved here from San Diego and they give us the strangest look. <laughs> and they just look at you and go, why? <laughs> why? Especially when we were having, you know, 100 and some odd degree heat um, fires are blazing in the mountains. I mean, it just... And they go, why? And I say, well, I don't know what your thoughts are on God, but it's a God thing. God just kind of... And then you can tell where people are at. If people are believers in God, they go, oh, wow, yeah, and they start talking to you, and they want to hear the story, and they tell you a little bit about it theirs. And if they're not, they just kind of, oh, and they move on to the next subject, and kind of shift. Well, I was uh, in Redlands. I had to find a place to get my hair cut. And I went to Redlands and the lady's washing my hair. And she said, child, (laughs) you know, why are you moving out here? I said, well, it's a God thing. Oh, God done uproot you. (laughs) Brought you a long way from home. And then I went on to learn that her husband was a minister and they had moved from Michigan and uh, he pastors in Riverside. And so we started just having church right there and getting our hair cut. But God is, I want to share, God is good. 
Now, are you familiar with that phrase, God is good? You are. See, I feel at home already. People that know that God is good all the time. And we all know that life is not fair all the time, but God is good all the time. And some of us here, without even knowing you, I know that some of you have been through extreme crisis, hardships, loss, but I also know that there's a really good chance that God has met you there because God is good all the time. Today, um, I'm not going to preach too much, but I just want to share my heart with you. I want to just have a conversation with you. Um, I'll save most of the preaching starting next week, but I guess because I am a preacher, when I talk, I will preach a little bit. But I want to share with you what's closest to my heart. And today's message is called at his feet. If you've ever received an email from me, and if you haven't, you will shortly, I sign my emails at his feet. Not that I live there perfectly by any means, but that's the desire of my heart, is to live at the feet of Jesus. And I believe that there is no greater meaning and purpose in life than to live at the feet of Jesus. Because as we live at the feet of Jesus, then life the way we were created to live begins to really happen. When we live a life of submission to the Lordship of Christ and trusting his reign over our lives to live in the kingdom of God, that's the way we were designed and we were meant to live. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is when Jesus gets invited over for a meal at Martha's house. And Jesus goes to their house and Martha and Mary are there and, and Martha is, the word the scriptures use, the word that Luke uses is distracted. Now, have you ever been distracted, ladies and some men? And by the way, just so you get to know me a little more, I love to cook. I really enjoy cooking. It doesn't mean I'm good at it, but I enjoy cooking. You have to ask my family whether I'm good at it at times. Last night's meal, I was blessed because uh, one of the church members here, let's see if I get the name right, Amy Allen, is that right? Amy and Tom, is that right? Um, Amy swung by our house. She lives in our neighborhood, and she brought uh, chicken enchiladas. And so I said, Great, because Lisa is still working in San Diego on Thursdays and Fridays, and so that means I try to have dinner ready when she gets home, driving from San Diego, and so she brought this, and I said, oh, this is perfect. All I got to make is like a vegetable, you know, and something, and, and that'll be good. So it was good, but I tried cooking chocolate pudding for the first time, and it didn't go too well. I, told there, I was told there was too many lumps in it, um, but anyways, I like to cook. But Martha was there cooking, and the scripture says that she was distracted. And there was Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha comes over, and this is her prayer. Jesus, can you get my sister to help me? Because she's not helping me at all. You ever had a prayer like that before? I'm doing it all by myself. Nobody's helping me. A little distracted. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. You ever had anybody call your name twice? You kind of know something's up. Something's wrong. You might even be in trouble. And I call my kids, Andrew, Andrew, you know, or Alana. They look at me like, yes, what's, what's going on? <laughs> what's up? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things. Now, you know you're worried and upset if Jesus tells you that. You are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing matters. What is that, Lord? 
to do this great work for you? No, to sit at my feet and to listen. One thing, to sit at his feet. Now, the great thing about sitting at the feet of Jesus is that when you sit at the feet of Jesus, he gives you a mission for the kingdom of God on this earth. And you're sent out with the mission from Jesus. And the great thing about being at the feet of Jesus is that you don't physically have to be at the feet of Jesus. You can be serving people. You can be at work. You can be in the store. And in your heart, you're at the feet of Jesus. Listening. Watching what the Spirit is up to. Now, Jesus also told a parable that is my favorite chapter in the Bible. I poked my head into different Sabbath school classes this morning, and I got a chance to be with the high schoolers for a little while. And I was asked the question, what's your favorite book in the Bible? I said, that's a tough one, but I'm going to have to go with the book of John. And I said, specifically, John chapter 15 is my favorite chapter in the Bible. I love the picture that Jesus paints of the kingdom of God, of what it means to live under the reign of God with the Father as the gardener and abiding in Christ, the branches and the vines being connected. And Jesus says these very powerful words. He says, abide in me and I in you. Right? He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I remain in him, he will bear much fruit. But then he follows it up with this very strong statement. Apart from me, you can only do three things really well. Is that what he said, church? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Now, that's hard for an American to take, right? Surely I can do something in the kingdom of God on my own. Surely I can do something of eternal value in my own power and will. But Jesus says, the things that really matter in this life, the things that have eternal value, the things that really matter deep in your heart, that only comes through my presence in your life, through grace. Jesus goes on and he says, if you abide in me and I in you, then you will love one another. See, this is one of the things I love about coming to Calamasa because when I looked at the bulletin, I saw John 15 right on the cover. And I said, you know, it's great to be where you're supposed to be. And I look at this, and there's John 15, and there's the three things in John 15, and he asks us to love one another. Now, one of my hopes coming here is that, you know, yes, I have the title of senior pastor, but we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Positions don't really matter much unless we're at the feet of Jesus and we're serving together. And so I come here as senior pastor, but I come to grow with you as a disciple of Jesus. And we all have different spiritual gifts and talents that God has given us through his grace. And mine just happens to be in the area of pastoring. But your presence and your journey in my life is going to help me grow in my discipleship to Jesus Christ, just like I hope mine does in your life. I told the people of Escondido that as I go, I go to Calamasa not just as John, but I go with a big part of my heart being shaped by the Escondido Church. I've been in ministry for just a little over 20 years, 17 years at the Escondido Church. You think they had a big part in shaping my heart for ministry? Absolutely. And my hope and prayer is that the Calamasa Church will have many years of shaping my heart for the glory of God as well. 
He tells us that if we abide in him, we will go on and we'll love one another. And it's not just love like, you ever, you ever felt tolerated before? It doesn't feel very good, does it? To feel tolerated, that someone's putting up with you because they have to. Jesus, when he says love one another, he doesn't say tolerate one another. He says love one another. And the type of love he's talking about, he says, greater love is no man than this, that he lay down his life for a friend. Now, last night when I was putting my kids to bed, I was reminded about sacrificial love. I was in my daughter's room, and as we typically do, we, we sing together and we have prayer, and we hug and kiss, and we say goodnight. And as I was in my daughter's room, I was reminded about how much she loved me. She was saying that she couldn't wait for tomorrow. She couldn't wait for church. We, um, we've been playing hooky for a while. We've been kind of skipping out, you know. Uh, pastors don't get a chance to do that too often. You know, when some of you are all taken off to the mountains and, and beach and different places on Sabbath morning, we're here. And so I had some weekends. And so we would go to the tide pools, and we went out to the coast and walked on the beach. And, and, and one morning, we slept in. Wow, I forgot what that was like. And so she was excited. She goes, we haven't been to church in a while. I can't wait for tomorrow. And so she goes, Daddy, here, I want you to take this. Now, I, I took a picture of it with my phone. We're going to put it up there, I think. And this is one of her prized possessions. And she sleeps with this every night. And she goes, Daddy, I want you to take this. You sleep with it tonight. You got a big day tomorrow. And I said, well, honey, what are, what are you going to sleep with? And she said, I've got my elephant. You know, I'll sleep with that. But you take that. So I took it with me, and I took it to bed with me, and I slept like a baby. <laughs> it really works. That's sacrificial love. Giving up something that you love and that is close to you and you cling to, you're willing to give it away. And that's the type of love that Jesus says we'll have for one another. A love that doesn't cling, a love that's not in the church that says, this is mine, this is mine, but this is ours. Giving it away. And then Jesus says, as you abide in me and as you love one another, the world is going to know that you've been with me. The world's going to know that you've been at my feet. The world's going to know that my life is in you and flowing out of you. He doesn't say, that you're going to go bear witness, meaning that you're just going to go talk about the name of Jesus and you're going, to, you're going to proclaim doctrines that we believe in. He says you're going to bear witness because you've been with me. People will recognize us because we've been with Jesus. They'll see the love, the same type of love that he's loved us with. They will see us loving each other with and loving the world with. As we've been moving, um, one of the things that you're going to learn about me hopefully it won't be too glaringly obvious, is that I tend to be a big picture person. And so sometimes I miss the obvious. Sometimes I miss the things, you know, that are around me. And, and so I'm really glad that we have people on staff that are really good with details, you know, and that can make sure I'm not missing the point somewhere. And uh, we have a phrase in our house, and, and feel free to use this on me if you need to. Um, Oftentimes, I will go to the refrigerator, and I'll open up the fridge, and, I'm, and, and you have all this wonderful food in front of you. And that's another one of my weaknesses is food. You're going to learn that very quickly. I, I tend to use illustrations in sermons about food sometimes. 
which then upsets everybody because they have to wait usually another, you know, 15 minutes before they get out of church. And so I'll try not to do that to you, but Escondido kept trying to fix me on that, but it's kind of ingrained in me as an Italian, you know, being, I see, I almost went there. I started going to talk about food my grandma used to make. And <laughs> we're close. We're close enough. I might be able to tell you about the homemade, you know, pasta my grandma Ciccarelli used to make and all those types of things. Anyways. So I look at the refrigerator and I see all this goodness that just wants to get inside of me. And, and I look and, and I'm looking for something and I, and I say, honey, you know, where's, I, I love that this child said garlic, something they wanted to grow. And I'll say, you know, where's the, where's the garlic or whatever? And she'll go, honey, it's right next to the ketchup. That means it's, it's right there. So I'm blessed because my wife is a therapist. And so I've been in therapy for 22 years. <laughs> And, and I'm better for it. Uh, uh, I can't dodge questions. I can't run from uh, discussions I'd like to get out of. Uh, but uh, she is definitely the greatest vessel of God's grace in my life. And I'm very blessed. But she's a good therapist too. So she, she will tell me now, if ever I'm missing the obvious about anything, whether it's fathering or uh, pastoring, if it's something right in front of me and I'm missing it, she'll go, honey, it's right next to the ketchup. And then I realize I'm looking too far. It's right, really obvious. So if I'm missing something and you're talking to me about something, just tell me it's next to the ketchup and I'll know it's close by. <laughs> and I'll hopefully get the point or something very quickly. But there I was. I was out, I was out um, in the garage with all the boxes and all the things going on. And during the move, I, I brought a toolbox with me with just basic tools that I thought I would need maybe during the transition, whether it's hammers, you know, screwdrivers, pliers, things like that. I had that with me, and uh, we'd been out of a house for about six weeks or so, and I was given, when my father passed away, one of the things I inherited was one of the, not a toolbox. Now, men, you know what I'm talking about, a tool chest. See, men? See? I heard little grunts in the audience. You know, like, mm, yes. The tool chest, not the toolbox. You know, the three-section, all-metal, red paint, that is hard to move even with wheels, you know? And so that was in storage, the conference movers had taken, and they, they wheeled it in, you know, and all the men, as they moved in, it was just a moment of silence as it came into the garage, <laughs> and the shrine was placed. And we just stood in awe, and then they, they left envious of it. And as we were there, as I was there in the garage, I was looking for a certain tool, and it wasn't in my toolbox, and I was frustrated because, because I couldn't find that tool. And because I missed things right in front of me sometimes, I literally was standing in front of my tool chest with more tools than I'll ever use in my life. And as a man, I'll confess too that I don't even know how to use all these tools. <laughs> but there it was right in front of me, and I was looking solely to my toolbox for this one tool. And I looked up, and there was my tool chest, and I said, oh, there's the tool I need. You pull out a drawer, and there's about five of them in there. Sometimes we go through life, we're distracted, and we're focused on the little resource that we have, and God says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. He says, don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself to the resources you have in the flesh. Open yourself up to the kingdom of God, and let my grace infuse you and fill you, and transform your hearts and minds and take you to a place you've never could even dream of 
in the fullness and abundant life of God. My prayer for us, church family, is Paul's prayer. It's his prayer he prayed for the Ephesians in chapter 3. It says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen us with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his glorious power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's been wonderful to hear John preach the word, finally. We've been looking forward to it for a long time. But um, our family's been blessed months ago from John, um, although he didn't know it, because um, as soon as we found out he was coming, we looked him up on the internet and found out that he's an accomplished musician and composer, has quite a few things on iTunes. <clears throat> and uh, there was a song we really were, were moved by, and uh, we've been waiting a long time to uh, sing it, but um, we've changed it a little bit. The words are the same, so you'll, you should recognize it, but uh, I hope you're blessed also. <clears throat> oh, my soul, put your hope in the Lord, your My soul, put your hope in the Lord, your God. For I will praise Him, my Savior and my God. I sing my prayer. In the Lord, your God. 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.